a freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Wire, you are. And Brooke, you are. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Salk. Oh, man, it is Friday. I hope the weather holds off enough, man. I'm supposed to go play a little golf. Like, just, you know, it's going to be nice every other day for the next two weeks. Just give me today, please. Dude, don't be selfish. I am being selfish. You are. I am. It, I am. It, I'm it, selfish. It has been historic. I know, but I wasn't playing golf like most of those days. I'm playing golf May, today. June in the Pacific Northwest history. I know, but today I'm out. I Like, today I'm going, like, most of those days is great. But I'm not going to do anything. I mean, like people it was, have been tattooing La Nina on their neck. It's been that nice. It is pretty crazy. <laughs> while it's like terrible everywhere else, right? It's just been yes. perfect here. Like it's yes. been lousy in California, brutal in Alaska, smoke in New York. So now you know it's a real issue. My dad oh, yeah. talked to my dad yesterday. He's like, "Do you know about it? The smoke?" <laughs> like, yeah, Dad, I know about the smoke. It's crazy. I'm like, yeah, you know, we've been having it here in Seattle every year for like the last five or six years. Really? I'm like, yeah, but now it's in New York, so it's a big I, Well, yeah, I was like, he's shocked by the whole thing. Like, no, I, you know, we've been having this every year. Well, it's, it's, it smells of smoke. Can't see. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Remember the last five years when I told you that we were experiencing the smoke? Maybe I sent you pictures. It was on the news. Well. Now it's here. <laughs> like, okay, I get it. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I'll tell you this. That's not the Larry Salk I know. Every time you impersonate him like that, the Larry Salk that we've been around oh, yeah. spring training. He puts on an act for you guys. Oh, he does? Okay. Yeah, you don't All get right. the real Larry Salk. Like, I <laughs> I get the, like, just, like, got home from playing softball, grumbling about only going two for six or whatever, mm. mad because he made an error, wants to take a nap, his wrist hurts, his knee hurts, you know, it's always grunt, the smoky out, they're going to cancel sure. a game. You get the worst of it. Yeah. We oh, get the best Please, you get the, like, put Putting on a show. Oh, it's so great to see you guys. Oh, Maura, I love listening. Justin, tell me about Montana. Right. I mean, like, you guys get him at his best. Oh, interesting. Right? Yeah. Isn't that true? With Who gets your best? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, who gets... What does my best look like? Uh, I don't know. I may answer the question. I am at least... I think my kids do. I think my kids get my That's best the right answer. Yeah. But Avery, so Avery's going out on tour uh, tonight. She's uh, she's got a, a a three city tour planned. They're going, I think, Tuckwilla. Excuse me. And then it's her uh, girls choir. So they're going to Tuckwilla to a school, and then they go down to um, down to Great Wolf Lodge, right? Like, is it Great Wolf uh, or Great Wolf? Great, 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 great yeah. Wolf Lodge, uh-huh. right? So they're doing all that stuff. And she's going to be away overnight, which is great. Good for her. So I told her, you know, when you're gone, just get in a little bit of trouble. Oh, she's such a rule follower. Be a rock star. Go get in a little bit. of Yeah, trash your hotel room if you can tonight. Right? Steal something from a vending machine. I mean, like, she loves she loves all this music that's all about rebellion. She loves Led Zeppelin. Yesterday, we were listening to Immigrant Song, and she's singing along, and she loves Robert Plant, and she loves listening to Twisted Sister. We're not gonna take it. But she doesn't have any of that, like... I think it's an oldest sibling thing. It is. Yeah, follower. she's a rule follower. Yeah, my sister's that too. way, too. So she doesn't have any of that sense of, like, the world's out to get her and she needs to rebel or any of that. So I was like, Avery, go, you know, get in a little bit of trouble tonight. No! Dad, no! 
Like, I don't mean like, you know, don't boost a car or something. Like, you know, just get yourself in a little trouble. No, I'm not going to do that. Do you think Cecily's going to make up for? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Can't help. Can't like avoid trouble. But Avery's just like, the idea of it freaks her out. It's like, just go get in a little trouble. Like, you'll be fine. Would Heather ever say those words? Mm, yes. No. Really? Yes. yes. Well, she wouldn't necessarily say them to Avery. She'd say them to me. Oh, so you could There's say like them. a, you know what, without going too far yeah. deep into this, there is yeah. like this weird French parenting philosophy that oh. says like you want your kids to get into small amounts of trouble. And actually, this is more when they're young. You like try to look for ways for them to like get away with stuff, even though you know about it and not big stuff. It's not like, again, it's not like having them go get arrested, but like there are like you want kids to sort of have a sense at times that they're. They're kind of getting away with something. It's not like peeing on the sauna rocks like the kid from kids from Buckley did right, in you Port don't Angeles. Need that. They had to evacuate the whole hotel. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's not like that. Like don't do don't do that. They what? That why do they yes. have to evacuate the whole hotel? Bro. Yeah. Because of the smell? Yes. I bet. Yes. We had some uh, kids do that at at school, but they used elk urine and they put it in the heaters. <laughs> and yeah, it's not how bad work. does that it's not smell? Work. <laughs> that's the most Montana story I think you've told <laughs> us. Pretty bad. So elk urine, huh? That's just available. What on every uh, corner store in, oh, in Montana for hunting? Yeah. yeah. And you guys had the old school heaters too. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, Could yeah. I have a store yeah. around elk urine? <laughs> Could you just pick me up some of the elk urine? <laughs> Get a call from Everybody's your wife like, it. hey, you know, they're out of elk urine at the store. But they they do have moose. Do you want moose urine? No, no, somebody, it's got to be elk. I can almost bet you somebody in Eastern Washington right now <laughs> yep. has some behind the backseat of a truck. They just keep and some like, elk. Oh, yeah. yeah. Forgot I had some of that. They're going to send us a picture. Don't get that confused with the Gatorade, though, right? Like, you don't want to be like, oh, no, just reach into the oh, back for something. Nice. No. 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 No, no, no. no. It's got a special bottle. How have we gotten so gross in both top of the hour? What are we doing? We've got an important question. What are we doing I've got an important question. What does a bottle of elk urine look like? Well, it is it shaped like an elk in some way to like really no. distinguish it? No, like an elk hoof. It's no. in a vial. Come on, yeah, you get like, oh, it's like in a little, vial. little teeny tiny squeeze. Bottle. It sounds vile. I mean, they make yes. them now in like sticks that look like deodorant sticks, and yeah. What? Yeah. Why do? <laughs> You know what? Yeah, you just they, live a completely different <laughs> life from anything that I have ever. Little teeny tiny spray bottles. <laughs> yep. I'm yeah, looking at one right now. Super hot elk urine. Cow and heat. Super hot elk urine? Does that mean it's spicy or does that mean that it's like you oh, heat effective. it up? Effective. Oh, it's effective. Jeez. What? Attracting other elk? Will you get back on track for crying yeah. out loud? Yeah. Sorry. Got Brock Sorry talking I did about this. armpit farting in Correct. the other segment. It's like the definition of toilet humor here. What today. are we Friday. doing on a Friday? What are we doing? Just here? a kicker, dude. It's just a kicker, dude. It's just a, <laughs> it's just a kickback today. Um, all right, I do have a ton more Pete Carroll sound. We're going to dig deeply into Jerry Depoto coming up in about 25 minutes because he had a lot to say yesterday, mm-hmm. and I want to run through probably six or seven of the cuts from him. Uh, just because we've talked a little bit about it yesterday, I'll play you this from Pete on Devin Witherspoon, who got a whole bunch of reps at nickel. Just, he's, he's capable of playing in there. Uh, Kobe Bryant was... Uh, was banged up with a toe thing that he had to take care of, and, and so it gave us the opportunity uh, to take a look at Spoon inside. And uh, so he's, he, he was excited. I talked to him about it way back when, and he was all excited about it. He said, I can learn it all. I can get it, you know, and he's really positive about it. So when we gave him the chance, he jumped right on it. He's, he is a really good football learner. I mean, he gets it, man, and, and uh, it makes sense to him, and he does things naturally really well, and that expedites the process. And, and so we've seen uh, this will be really good film again today to, to check him out. Um, 
but we've seen him, you know, look, look pretty much in charge of the position. So we'll see how it goes. How how do coaches feel about guys that are hurt? I, I just, I can't, I, Kobe Bryant's got a toe injury. Pete mentioned that yesterday. I'm not saying he's mad at Kobe Bryant. That That's going too far. Yep. But when I hear this stuff and see this stuff, I just. It depends. It depends greatly. And they know enough now and they've done enough science and they've got enough data and enough background to know there's going to be traumatic injuries. That when Ty France gets hit by a baseball in his wrist, there is nothing that you can do about that. That, you know, when Abe Lucas, you know, has to get a labrum fixed because of all the pounding and everything that he does over the course of the season, there's nothing you're going to do about that. When you get soft tissue injuries, when you're dehydrated and you're not getting sleep and you're not taking care of yourself and you're, you're prone to a bunch of these soft tissue injuries, you're not going to be long for this program anymore. I just don't think they're going to go and give the CJ Procise treatment for guys year after year after year after year. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that Good. they do differentiate and they do distinguish. And well, a toe injury is certainly not soft tissue nope. or anything like nope. that. I mean, like, what are you nope. going to do? It's but at the yeah. same time, like, hey, man, Mike Jackson's out here doing his thing and this kid can play some nickel and like we're going to get the best out there we can no matter what. That's just competition. So good That's on why good It's on the most Pete. brutal professional sport to be an athlete because right. there's not guaranteed contracts. You got to go out. You got to earn them. You've got to be available and durable in the most violent sport there is. And. Yeah, it makes it uh, tenuous for the players well, and certainly for the coaches, a lot, too. A lot of text coming in. Salk, you have a best? Yeah, I, d- I think. I think I try to be consistent. Uh, so what I'm hearing, says Matt in Oregon, is that Larry's exactly like Mike, except he'll actually put on a nice face for others. Yeah, I think I think you've kind of nailed it. Uh, Salk, what's that French parenting philosophy called? Sounds interesting. I don't know what it's called. I'll see if I can get you some answers on that. Maybe tweet at me. I'll see what I can do. And uh, some other people looking for us to get some deer droppings. Yeah, no, we'll we'll yes. get right on it. Yeah. So you take the deer droppings and the elk urine, you mix them together, and then what? Boom. What a party. Profit. We'll come right back with things you actually need to know next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. <laughs> SeattleSports.com. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, the Mariners had a day off yesterday. Thank God. I think we heard the collective sigh from everybody else around as they didn't have to watch what has really gone downhill over the course of the last week. Five blowouts in their last eight games. Jerry DePoto certainly understands things are not good. I mean, by far the most perplexing is what has roughly been a power outage and up and down our lineup. We have, uh, we are built to do damage. That's that's what our lineup does. That's what the history of our players says they says that they are going to do and and we just haven't done that this year. And I, I wish I could tell you why, but it's you know, it's roughly up and down the lineup with almost every hitter out there. Yeah, I mean it's hard to argue. Everybody in this lineup, save for Jared Kelnick and I guess JP Crawford, has underperformed this year. It's certainly not what he's looking for. And the power has been as important to them as anything and it's completely gone away. So much so that as you look towards this trade deadline, there's not one move according to Jerry that's gonna save them. We could go out and acquire prime babe root and it's not gonna help us. <laughs> we have we're not one player away or, you know, one magic salve from, from fixing this. This is a commitment from 26 players on a roster to reverse our course. And, you know, between now and the end of July, if we show progress in that way, then we'll go out and solve what problem, you know, or problems we can solve. But we're not going to flip out our roster for, for six or eight new players. 
Uh, I know in about 10 minutes we're going to go in deep detail uh, with, with a bunch of these cuts and really dig into them. And so I want your best. In 10 minutes or so, I want your best to answer you. that question of why. Are you going to bring me enough elk urine? Because if you do, I'll give you my best. I will baptize you in elk urine. I will do good, whatever good question you question asked earlier. How do they get the elk urine? Yeah. You know, let's stay on track. This but how is do they get it? Like, this is it. you harvest you that? That's my question. Yep, this is everything you need to know. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. How do you how do you get the elk? I don't want any part of getting it. Synthetic, right? The synthetic. What do you mean stuff. synthetic? What well, is that? Call it something else. Well, they, I'm sure that like we saw. You the think it's fake? Just before they had synthetic, they must have had real elk urine that people found a way to get. Yes. How do they get it? It's a really good question. Next. Only <laughs> <Well>, synthetic. <laughs> Here's the second thing you need to know. Mini cam over, done. Coach, very, very happy. Specifically, Brock with his secondary. My wheels are turning. Yes, they've been turning. They ain't gonna stop either. Doesn't matter how long a vacation this is, they ain't stopping. This is really exciting. The dimensions that we have at the safety position really, really special. With depth, because Trey Brown did really well in this camp as well, and and so with the depth of, uh, with Mike and and Spoon. Enrique and, and Trey, that, that's a good group, you know. Kobe's, Kobe's got stuff to do for us, too. So, you know, it's going to be a real battle in camp. And, and uh, I hope everybody stays healthy so they can put their best foot forward and all of that. But uh, this is as competitive as we've been in a, in a long time. And, and we, expect, we expect to call on those guys. They have, like, a bedpan for the elk? You know what I like? I like the word dimensions. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get back on track here, more. I'm going to get him back on track. I, I you potty train the elk. I appreciate dimensions because when I hear dimensions, I think Tariq Wollin, 6'4", 195, long. When I think dimensions, I think of just kind of the body type. But I think when Pete says dimensions, it is no. All of the multiple ways we're going to use these guys. Multi-dimensional. And when you're fa- facing multi-faceted offenses mm-hmm. with all sorts of different weaponry in the league today, you better be multi-dimensional, and that's why those wheels are a turn. Here's the third thing you need to know. Brought this up earlier, but I'll say it again. This this whole craziness with the golf world is changing even by the day. And and the thought that came up yesterday, which I think is is kind of mind blowing, is what if all this was supposed to happen this way, and what if the Saudi investment group wants this deal to get blocked by the justice department which is very possible i mean like either in the u.s or europe right i mean there's there's like three or four different layers of government that could end up blocking this deal for antitrust violations and you could absolutely understand why and so maybe that's what they wanted in the last couple of days it sounds like advertisers that previously were saying no to the live tour are all of a sudden interested in having conversations partnerships why Why? because they're now the only game in town they've been normalized by joining the pga but but where that money comes from doesn't change the same reason those advertisers a year ago two years ago but you know this stuff's all pr it's all marketing right it's like well right now that's being considered dirty but if you open it up they'll go invest there right 
We shall see. This story isn't over. We all felt like it was, you know, we kind of got the tip of the iceberg and all this work had been done and all this hay was in the barn and the merger and acquisitions. Board members had put this thing together. Yeah. You want me to read you about one of those board members? Listen to this. That's everything you need to know. Thank you. Um, Jimmy Dunn, who we talked about the other day, right, who's one of the two guys from the investment company or the uh, – uh, mergers and acquisition firms that, that help put this thing together. He's on the and board. He sits on the board yes. in one of the big decision makers. He's like a yes. big golfer. He's a member at like every major golf club in the country, right? So he, the story behind, I don't know if you heard this story, but he uh, works at, um, what's the name of the place? Something Sadler. And he, and that was one of the firms that was in the uh, was in the World Trade Center during 9-11. And he played golf that day. He was in some qualifying event that got moved. And that's why he survived while 60-something of his colleagues died, oh. including his best friend, Chris Quackenbush, his mentor, Herman Sadler. I mean, it's a really terrible story. Here, here's his quote yesterday. But my guys, Chris Quackenbush, Herman Sadler, those guys, thinking about it and remembering it will not be enough for them. They would want me to do something about it. And to the degree that we can reach out to people that are different from us and share experiences, we might be reducing the chances of some other thing happening that's equally horrific down the road. So it isn't a matter of just remembering. My guys are going to want me to remember and act. So the game of golf, to the degree that we can use it, can be a really important gift. Mm. I understand what he's trying to say. Mm. I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. That'd be a real tough one, man. It, 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 I don't know Jimmy Dunn personally, so I don't know. Maybe that's truly how he feels. Maybe he is truly that gracious and that you know hard set on bringing people together all the time in his life. But that would be very rare. That would make him a very rare individual. And what would be a lot more common is somebody who is now using that memory and the way mm. he's using it. Mm. It doesn't feel right, does it? A hard pass on this one for me. I'm just going to take a hard yeah. pass because there's really, yeah. So you want to go back to deer urine and stuff <laughs> yes. and do that next? Brian, I'm going to be honest with you. That smells like pure gasoline. <laughs> <laughs> an answer on how you harvest it? Yeah, someone said they saw on Dirty Jobs that they have the deer in rooms where they go pee and poop and they squeegee the pee into Man, a trough and collect it. it. Ah. My, my sister's been listening in Montana. She texted me and said, Elk Farms. Um, I figured some kind of game. It sounds like uh, it sounds inhumane. She also said, "Just well, we can end on this because it's going to get worse. Going to get worse <laughs> if I if I keep her going, it's going to get worse." She's a sponsored bow hunter. Yeah, this your is, sister's like um, a legit tough yeah, guy. When yeah, it comes she's to more. This. Yes, she said we also have skunk lure for trapping. You will gladly bathe in elk urine after smelling the skunk lure. <laughs> so if we want to keep going, we can. But I think that should be. The- yeah, I'm I'm out on skunk lure. Let's just say that it's right quite now. Pungent. Yeah, let's yeah. get to some magic salves. All right. G is not in today, so uh, no G. Scott coming up next, but we talked to Jerry DePoto yesterday, and we'll go in depth on some of his answers and try to figure out what to do next. We'll do it together. Coming up on Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports, seattlesports.com. You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Normally I hear this music, I get excited on a Friday. Today? I don't know. It's not fellow cootie kind of day. It is a fellow Friday. But with the weather, I don't know. It's depressing. But Mike, you need, but Mike, you needed the rain today. I didn't need it today. No, you needed it. Today. I needed to not be able to golf today. Oh. I don't know if I would say I needed it or anything like that. Uh, all right. We've been uh, messing around here for a little while. Let's get serious. Talk through uh, what we heard from Jerry DePoto yesterday. There was a lot. Um, and certainly the quote, Brock, that I think has generated the most interest was what Jerry said here about their current lineup. We could go out and acquire prime Babe Ruth. 
then it's not going to help us. <laughs> we have, we're not one player away or, you know, one magic salve from, from fixing this. This is a commitment from 26 players on a roster to reverse our course. And, you know, between now and the end of July, if we show progress in that way, then we'll go out and solve what problem, you know, or problems we can solve. But we're not going to flip out our roster for, for six or eight new players. All right. So what does Jerry mean there? Because I, I think it's fairly easy to misunderstand what he's saying. I don't think he's saying, you know, we built a terrible roster and we're so far away from contention that one player isn't going to make a difference. What he's saying is won't one player won't fix the way everyone else has been playing. Right. If you were to get the best player in the universe, it wouldn't change the fact that seven of the nine guys in the roster are drastically underperforming right now. And I think the second thing I hear from him there, Brock, is I'm not going to go out and make a deal at the deadline to bring in one player because that's not going to fix everything else. It would be a waste. Mm -hmm. That being said, if everybody starts playing better and we realize we still have a hole somewhere, I'm happy to go try to fill in that hole. Yes, I think that's totally fair. Did you read that if, if you were one of the 26 players on the team and, and inevitably some of them, I'm sure, on social media mm-hmm. and it kind of went around just about everywhere. And if you're one of those 26, are you offended by that? Are you bothered? Not. Are you bothered by that? Is that a who, you know, he's not calling out anybody in particular, right? He's not saying this guy stinks. You're not doing your job. I mean, he's. Yep. I mean, if you're on this team, you know that you're not hitting. You, you I mean, that, those are just facts. He's not. Correct. There's not even really an opinion there. Yeah, there was a lot of we yesterday, and I know you came back and circled back and and, and, and kind of quote tweeted that mm-hmm. and, and made sure that people understood some of the context of it because you had to listen to the 25 minutes. It really, frankly, what what is G song that he normally plays on Friday when he comes in there just loud the people and what smelling they want. good? Yes. That is what I think largely the Mariners fans wanted to hear, as Joe Fan said to us last hour. Like, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear accountability. I want to hear honesty. I want to hear transparency. I want to hear that you're not one bat away because you're not. You're not one bat. No matter how productive that one bat could be, you're a lineup right now that is just turned off. But power is off. You're also hearing him say, I'm not going to flip out the entire core because he still believes in the nucleus, right? I'm not going to trade six guys and get a whole new six guys. They still believe in Julio and Kelnick and Cal Cal. and Ty and and sort of the nucleus of this team. Uh, You mentioned accountability. Jerry did speak specifically about it. I asked him, you know, what does accountability look like in this situation? I'm accountable for putting the players on the field that 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 are underperforming you know the the players are accountable to to upholding their approach and uh, that's all we ever ask of them is to to uphold the approach but uh, we don't and can't focus on the, the week to week we have had a crummy week and there's no getting around that emotion in sports generally flies to the point where you know if if we have a two and six week like we've just had you know eight games where we've underperform to the extreme that we have people get upset and that's the way it works you know the the previous week when we were seven and three there wasn't as much emotion you know right now we are in the middle of the emotion and when people experience you know negative emotion they're looking for somebody to blame you know i don't really know anybody to blame but me matt i don't know what more you can hear there like if 
you know, people will say, you guys don't hold Jerry's feet to the fire. You don't ask him tough questions. You don't get it. He's telling you is point blank clear as, as day. It's on him. It's on his moves. And the underperformance right now, and especially, Mike, the underperformance of, of the guys that were brought in this year. And maybe the underperformance of some, as Joe Fan said, that you assumed uh, Mr. Suarez could do what he did a year ago or build on what he did a year ago. And that is, unfortunately, right now, proven false. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I, I appreciated that answer. It's a thumb answer. It's a Geno Smith thumb answer. I don't point fingers. Certainly at the lows of lows, I'm not going to point fingers either. It starts with them. I put that thumb in my chest. Yeah. And we did not construct this right now through 61 games well enough. And I, I do. I am curious how you would answer this question. You didn't have a good answer for what is who gets your best, but I think you can answer this one. He said, you know, we're responsible for the players that we put on the roster, and they're responsible for, for their, their approach. approach. What is that to you? To me, that was a, a, an important one. It's it's We were talking about this in the 6 o'clock hour, essentially saying players are not responsible on a day-to-day basis for results. They're responsible over the course of time for results and accountable to that. But on a day-to-day basis, they don't say to a player, I need you to go four for four today because that doesn't work. They don't say to a player, I need you to throw seven shutout innings today because that doesn't work. But they do expect a player to have the right approach. They do expect a player to have the right work ethic to do the research and the work ahead of time and the preparation before the game and to go into each at bat with a plan and taking good swing. I mean, they expect the approach and the process to be good. They understand that baseball is not a sport where you can expect perfection mm-hmm. and that over time, those results have to matter, mm-hmm. but that in any individual game week month, it probably doesn't look that way as long as the approach is correct. I would tend to agree with all of that. And then I would double down a little bit more because their approach is not small ball. Their approach is to be aggressive mm-hmm. in a two and in a two one count and to work to get to a two one count as best you can. And, and as we said yesterday, a lot of that's out of your control in this whole control of the zone. Because what that pitcher does with his first pitch and whether that's in the zone or, or in the strike zone, right? But as much as you can possibly do, when you get a good hand, when you get what is it in blackjack? What do you what do you like to split? What do you want to split well, in blackjack? Aces and eights for sure. So there you go. And when you get a two one count and you get an ace and eight, you be aggressive and you split those cards and you go after it. And I think right now, if I have to answer why, you're going to have to answer this in a little bit. But if I have to answer why, why is there a collective power outage? Why is there collectively these offensive struggles? I would say it's that. Hmm. I would say it is the aggressive mindset to attack when you are in those attack counts. We're not getting it. And in, did that start the first month of the season? Did that start with some of these new pieces? Did that start with, you know, kind of, unfortunately, some wholesale underperformance in that phase of it? It did. Hmm. And they've got to flip that switch. And they have got to be, when they get those counts, hyper, hyper aggressive. We asked him uh, about the clubhouse and, and where Scott is at in all of this in terms of accountability. This is the same manager who's finished, you know, in the top three in manager of the year for the last two years. <laughs> you know, it's a, with roughly the same group of players that he has today. And, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think Scott got worse as a manager. I don't think, you know, frankly, I don't think... This is permanent. I think we have an incredibly talented group of players still 
sub 28 years old on average age up and down our, our roster, which is, you know, by the standards of our league, a young team. And, and I don't think we're, we've seen, you know, the end of, of the Mariners being a good competitive contending club. And, Scott Service's greatest strength, and I'm glad that we kind of had Jerry on Thursday and Divish on Monday because um, you hear from both ends of it, right? You hear from Ryan, who is as close and as embedded as a as a beat writer is with Shannon Dreyer and those that follow this team every day, and then you hear it from, from Jerry's perspective, and they both say the same thing. Scott is unbelievably consistent. He is unwavering. And I know for some fans at times, you want him to flip over tables and you want him to go crazy and you want him to be Lou Pinello. That's not who he is. And in fact, if he starts to do that, then I'm going to start to worry mm-hmm. about his job. But he's not. He is who he is. Pete Carroll is who he is. Tony Dungy is who he was. Mike Heward is who he was. And you knew exactly what you were going to get. Heck, the guy down in Texas, we've not even mentioned Bruce Bochy's name. You don't think he's played a significant role in their turnaround this season, along with those veteran additions, he absolutely has. And it's why he's won 2,000 games as a big league manager. You know what you're going to get. And that trust value in that is enormous. So right now, I don't see anything in the decision-making in the bullpen, in, in, in the way that he's managed these games, in the way he's carried himself, in the way that he's covered for his players, even amidst some of these unbelievably collective great struggles. That would lead me to believe that that Scott is in any jeopardy, or that Scott has been different this season than the previous seasons where he's yeah, been. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that, Brock. And I and I hear from Jerry that there's still a trust factor between him and Scott that's very important, and and that's why they continue to weather these storms, just like they did a year ago when everybody wanted Scott run out of town. I mean, like uh, Jerry's got a pretty long memory, and I think he understands all that. I I and I I'm not I would not advocate for moving on from the manager. I think Scott does a good job. I don't understand, though, why this team is playing like a dead-ass team. I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good answer to that. And I don't know whether Scott can do anything about that. I don't know whether that's within You do know the- some of the answer to that, and that is when you collectively do not have power. Yeah, but it's not co- just that. Th- that is true. I, I do know that's some of it. You're that right. is the greatest part of it. But it's not all of it. It is not, but that is the largest chunk of that pie, that blame pie. Yeah, of it's course. Like, look, I, I do know that, but it's not just that. They've looked lethargic. That they, and I'm not saying they're not prepping hard or anything like that, but they've looked lethargic. Some of that is that's how it looks when you're not hitting. I do understand that. I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, been around here, not our first trip around the block. But some of it seems to be beyond that. Some of the base running mistakes, Correct. some of the just lack of focus, the giving away of the at-bats. I don't expect them to hit a home run every time. I'm going to go back to what Jerry said. The players are accountable to their approach. Well, the approach has not often or not always been consistently focused. You think they me- and they, they do measure They that, absolutely right? measure Just that, like yes. they measure red light and green light for every single pitch these guys throw, I'm sure they absolutely measure yep. these at-bats that they throw away. This is a throw. You gave this at-bat away, right, through your approach, not through, you know, your, your fundamentals, your, just through, frankly, the way you approach this at-bat, you gave it away. Yes. Who do you think leads this team in giving away at-bats? If, if we were privy to that kind of information and, and those kind of measurements they now, have, for Justin, a while it was Justin Julio, Mora, I think. huh? For a while, I think it was Julio. Yeah, I don't know that it's probably still would through be. April. It'd be a Julio. Oh, God, for a little while it was Julio. Teo's given away a lot of at bats. Um, yep. AJ Pollock's given away a few. I mean, like they've all they've all done it, man. Honestly, like yep. I don't know that I'd want to even pick one person out. 
They've all given away at bats. It's been mm-hmm. a it's been a consistent problem up and down the lineup, other than JP Crawford and honestly Jared Kelnick. Mm-hmm. So I, I Brock, I, I don't even necessarily want to answer that question because I think there are so many of them that have had the problem. Yeah. But that to me is the one sort of question. It's not about Scott and his ability to manage or manage the bullpen or or keep the culture positive. I think he's done all that. I don't understand though why there's an yeah. issue with the consistency of focus my, yep. in their approach. So my psychological uh my psychology degree here would say the tug of war at times is Scott is pretty darn serious. Mm-hmm. Pretty darn buttoned up pretty darn consistent every single day and i think would probably like a little more intensity out of his team but knows that is not their makeup that's not julio and suarez and i think he gives those guys opportunity i played on some teams i played on different teams i played on serious teams where the bus ride to the stadium was serious and you just nobody talks on this bus right i'm getting ready to play a football game right and then you play on other teams where guys are studying spanish on the way, it's, uh, that's that's not a joke, right? Where they're they're reading, they're listening to music, they're chattering, and I'm sure you know the coaches as they evaluate their team and they measure their team. Where is my team at? Where is their focus? Where is their intensity? Right? And I think many times with this group, Scott gives them the benefit of the doubt, gives Suarez and Teo and Julio and those guys. Now Cal's probably wired a little more like Scott. And if this were Cal's team in totality, and it may be down the road, there I may think, be. I think that, that day is coming sooner rather than There later. may be a little more intensity. But the Ty Francis and the Suarez's and I think even the JP's, that, that's not the way I bet their bus rides uh, you know, are going to be a little bit more chill mm-hmm. than if Scott Service were the one necessarily leading that from a player perspective. That makes sense? It does. I, I, yeah, I don't know the answer to all that. I, I, I don't know what things look like behind the scenes there. You're right. Scott's a pretty serious guy. But... You know, this is the same guy who sort of changed his tune as a manager from what he was as a player and understands that. And Let's party. Right? I, I mean, mean, yeah, let's this party. is the let's party guy. And it's the, you know, remember when they did the Olympics and stuff? I mean, uh-huh. like, you know, I don't know. I, I, it's yeah. a good question. I don't know the answer to it. But I do know that for whatever reason, they have not been as focused mm-hmm. with their at-bats as they need to be. And or that, their base running at times as they need to be. Or yeah. their defense as they need to be. Or, you know, moving a runner late in the game as they need to be in some of these one-run games as they need to be. So one of the things everybody wants to hear about, though, is what about the offseason? Why didn't you do more in the offseason? Here's Jerry. Colt Monk entered the season with a 260 career batting average. He's hitting 150. You know, A.J. Pollock over the last three years is a 600 slug against left-hand pitching. You know, right now, it's it's a, a very low number. I think it's 120. <laughs> so it's, I don't, you can't, those aren't numbers that you can make up. And, and it's not just AJ and Colton, you know, it's, it's up and down our lineup. It's guys who've been here. It's guys who were brought in. And, you know, I'd like to tell you that, that I feel great about the off season moves we make. It's impossible to tell you that they haven't really driven our team or, or helped to, to achieve what we wanted to achieve. And, and frankly, that's I, I can't really cite them as as the the biggest problem. The biggest problem is it's happening collectively to our offensive club. You know what? It's it's funny, and it's just struck me. And, and may, maybe I won't put this in worded as well as I as I should, but I think in some of your scraps at times over the last month or so with the Joe fans of the world and, and some of the angry you know Mariner Twitter of the world, Salk is because back to that whole approach thing. Mm-hmm. You and Jeff Passan and many appreciated. The approach, like they went into the off season, or at least you understood mm-hmm. the approach. And this is a guy in Colton Wong whose skill set should 
assimilate and fit in here. There is more power. There is more OPS out of that position than you've seen with Adam Frazier and others. Mm -hmm. This is an AJ Pollock, a veteran bat that if you need to fill some of the void of the veteran Carlos Santana and a guy that in particular does damage against left-handed pitching in a way that you in this lineup significantly need. So in that whole like mindset of, Hey, I'm going to judge you by your approach. I'm going to judge you, not, not the results, but just your approach that some of that approach on paper look good. Now where it was short and Joe screamed that it was short. My buddy, Steve screamed that it was short was the designated hitter. Mm -hmm. And even your zips buddy screamed that it was short. Like you need more out of your DH and to assume that it could be a, you know, a, a, a turnstile of Suarez and Teo and Cal and some of these, you know, regular players that just was not in retrospect, that approach was the biggest swing and miss. Yeah, it, it sure seems to be. Uh, you know, I said this, I think, yesterday that that of all of the signings and, and the three big ones that have not worked out, Pollock is maybe the one that's the worst. That's the one I keep coming back. Look, obviously, Teo's not done what you need him to do. And if he were to be great, that would help the most. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Colton Wong has been the worst of the hitters. I mean, he's, as you he's said, been worse Rob, than Sean Figgins. Oh, yeah, he's been terrible. It's, uh, it's, you know what? We don't need to go into it. it we all okay. know how bad he's been. Yeah. But the one that hurts the most in some ways is A.J. Pollock because of everything that, I mean, first of all, they spent $8 million on A.J. Pollock. I, I can't get over that number. I, for everybody, that's like Luke Jokel. Remember, they spent like yes. nine million on. Luke like I, I, I know that a lot of the issue with the Mariners is how much money they spend. I'm not going to have that argument with you right now. But when you spend money, whether you're spending a lot or not, you can't waste eight million dollars, which is not nothing, on a player that's given you jack. I mean, he's been nothing. I know he had a couple of good games, two games where he kind of he had a couple of singular hits that helped you win yes. game, home runs that helped you win. But a couple other than games. that, I mean, he he's really done almost nothing all year long. And, and that's Upton last year, but at least he has a clubhouse presence. That right, the guys and credited later. I have not heard anything about the that. Same. I was going to say, at least not that he's a bad clubhouse guy, but, but not nothing that he redeeming is right now. The, well, you the, can't be when you're performing the way he's performing right now. You can't not really Im- impact and affect a clubhouse, right? So you end up with this situation where, you know, A.J. Pollock, they spent some money on. Yep. That needed to work. And instead, it has been exactly the opposite. It has not worked at all. So, uh, you know, the approach. Do I like the approach? Yeah, I do like a lot of the approach. I never loved the A.J. Pollock deal to begin with. I mean, I think I nope. said that at the time. Nope. Like, yeah, all right. I feel like they're, of all the other options out there, I think they could have done better. I think with the Wongs and the Pollocks, et cetera, what they're trying to do, and I don't know whether this is the right strategy or not, but I think I think the goal is to offset some of the weaknesses that they have, right? They know in Kelnick, Julio, Raleigh, Suarez, et cetera, the, the, the crux, the, the nucleus of this team is some big power and some swing and miss, mm-hmm. right? They mm-hmm. knew that was the case. So in the last couple of years, it seems like they've gone out and tried to acquire some guys that don't swing and miss as much. Adam Frazier and Colton Wong and Jesse Winker and Pollock. That's the reputation. That's the history that those guys have had is that they put bat to ball a whole lot more often. Mm-hmm. And while they may not be the best players in the league, they had a skill that should, in theory, complement the swing and miss power stuff that you've got sort of at the nucleus. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and ultimately, Jerry, I think, is saying he's got to be accountable for this. 
every single one of those <laughs> acquisitions has failed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know whether that's plan or whether that's scouting and 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 evaluation Projection. or what. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that's happening, and I don't know that Jerry does right now either. But if he's self scouting himself and 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 yep. their and their baseball ops department. Figuring out that answer needs to be done like immediately because that's Correct. that's right there the crux of this issue. And then yeah. combine it with the fact that the power guys don't have any power right now, and yeah. you got the recipe for disaster is what you got. Yeah, the last few years you, you mentioned that name Winker as well. You kind of throw that into the fold, and certainly Abraham Toro. They gave so much runway and felt like he could be a, a legitimate guy, and he just. He just was not, you know, and this is not a, a Mike Ford, hey, we'll give you a week or, or two weeks. And, they, and they've had a few of those. And we'll see. Maybe D.D. Gregorius, right? He's going to get to Tacoma and he yeah. might be a week or two week kind of little sample and taste. Yeah, I think he's more of the Justin Upton pretty good clubhouse guy more yep. than he is a person who's going to come in here and hit for you, if that yes, makes sense. But there have been a lot of bats. Speaking of throwaway bats, right? There have been a lot of bats and a lot of runway, mm-hmm. unfortunately, given to some of these offenses of guys that have done you know just the opposite as jerry said i mean just the opposite of what you would have expected and projected in their baseball cards would tell you yep they could come and put this uniform on and do for you so yeah it's it's perplexing to say the least and well, oh by the way the american league this year unfortunately, is better all of this is true. all of the american league is better yeah so the numbers are not as great you know when when you start to figure out the next hundred games it's going to be going to be a tougher hole to dig out of than a season ago well, there you go. That's uh, kind of the state of the Mariners today. I don't know that it's as great as anybody wants it to be. That's for sure. But, um, you but know. seven days from now, it can change. This is reminding me of the movie Air I just started, where it's like they're sitting around the table and it's like, here's all these guys yep. are available. And it's like, nope, give me all of it for one player. Yeah. <laughs> and it's Tawny right now for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's Prime Babe Ruth or Magic Salve. I'm not sure. We'll come right yeah. back. It's Brock and Salk. We'll have your phone calls in the 9 o'clock hour as well. Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com.